Hi there, it's Matt here, and welcome back to the podcast and the final episode in the series on dreaming. And this last episode continues our journey into the wonderful and fascinating waters of lucid dreaming. As you'll remember, in the last episode, we spoke about a study that, using MRI scanning, proved this claim called lucid dreaming is not just a claim, but a scientific truth. Now, in actual fact, it wasn't the first study that helped scientists convince ourselves that lucid dreaming is real, because there were some earlier studies using the same type of eye movement communication designs that have shown that individuals can upon the command, for example, deliberately wake themselves up right after a signal from their eye movements when they are in dream sleep to say, look, I'm going to wake myself up. And they can do that time and time again, which is a fairly good demonstration that they have control over intention. So that's control of terminating the dream. But that doesn't really prove that people could do certain things in their dreams. And perhaps one of the more pleasurable things that one could do in their dream would be engaging in sex and lovemaking with, uh, how should I put this, um, with an obvious end outcome. Oh, my goodness, uh, I'm clearly awkward there, um, but I'll leave it in. And indeed, that is what lucid dreamers were able to do. So once again, they fall asleep in the sleep laboratory and we're recording their eye movements and their brain activity. So we know that they have gone into REM sleep and they signal to us with their eye movements that they are now lucid. And then they will show a different command with their eye movements that they are about to bring themselves to timed orgasm during their lucid dreamers. How do you prove that? Well, I think the most obvious overt case, of course, is in males. And there, an orgasm can be objectively verified using scientific measures by, <laughs> let's just say, uh, very brave scientists. But I think you get the picture here. So these were some of the types of experiments that they're amazing experiments, aren't they? Absolutely fascinating that proved even before that remarkable study with the MRI scanning, that lucid dreaming really does seem to be a real thing. After hearing all about lucid dreaming and also hearing about some of the benefits of REM sleep dreaming and the functions of dreaming that we described, you may have several questions. And one of those questions may be asking, how can you increase your chances of lucid dreaming. The research on this topic in truth is, it's rather varied. Some of it is inconsistent. I would probably mention two leading theories on this issue of how you can try to increase your chances of lucid dreaming. Though again, how reliable they are has not yet been fully validated in science. There's been some validation, but not really fully validated yet. But what are those two techniques, those two methods? The first of the two methods is called mnemonic induction of lucid dreams. 
And then the second has a slightly less fancy name. It's called the reality testing method. The mnemonic induction of lucid dreams method, uh, by the way, mnemonic, which is spelled M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C, which is meaning of a, a derivative of the word memory. This is a technique that essentially involves creating a conscious and deliberate intention to remember that one is dreaming. Now, it sounds a little bit hokey, and perhaps it is, but the way that many people try this, um, with varying degrees of success, I should tell you, is by repeating the phrase, next time I'm dreaming, I will remember I'm dreaming, or something along those lines. And if you repeat it night after night after night before you go to bed, you keep doing that. You keep repeating the phrase, next time I'm dreaming, I will remember I'm dreaming. This is supposed to increase the chances of gaining lucidity. And as I said, there's some data that suggests something along these lines may increase the likelihood of that. The second method, which is called the reality testing technique, was actually popularized in a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely give it a watch. It's called Waking Life. And the reality testing method, which is featured in that movie, involves examining one's environment when you're awake and then performing reality tests that help you potentially differentiate whether you actually are awake or whether you're dreaming and doing that consistently on a daily basis. So right now, for example, I could go over to the wall and I could flip the light switch and I could see if the light switch turns on the light or if it turns off the light. And that's what should happen if I'm awake, if I'm in waking reality. But if that doesn't happen, then perhaps I'm going to question my reality and ask, am I actually awake or am I dreaming? Or another example, I can put my hand flat against the wall that sits in front of me right now. And if my hand stops there, according to the laws of waking physics, then I know that I'm awake and not dreaming. But if something strange happens to my hand as I press it against the wall, maybe I would question that. And so the idea here is that if you keep doing this whilst you're awake over and over again, it becomes such an ingrained habit, such an ingrained part of your life that at some point it will also bleed over into when you are dreaming. And therefore it will trigger you to do some of these tests whilst you're dreaming. And if you do those tests and you think, ah, oh, hang on a second, that isn't waking reality. Maybe I'm in a dream. That will trigger lucidity. I know it sounds a little... Um, well, less than scientific, but those are the two methods by which you can try to increase the frequency, just in case you are interested. The sponsors supporting today's podcast are Inside Tracker and Athletic Greens. Now, Inside Tracker is a service that comes to your home, as they have done for me in the past. And then they will analyze your blood and your DNA to know precisely what is happening inside of you regarding a whole variety of important uh, varied blood, metabolic, and hormonal health metrics. 
And in addition to the results that they provide you, they will also give you now a personalized set of recommended lifestyle changes to better optimize your health. So you can use the link insidetracker.com forward slash metwalker and you will get a significant and healthy discount off your first purchase. So head on over, that's insidetracker.com forward slash metwalker. And the second partner of today's podcast is Athletic Greens. Now, I'm sure you've heard of them from lots of famous folks out there. Athletic Greens is a nutrition drink, and it contains a very complete set of antioxidants and minerals, essential vitamins and biotics. And I've been buying Athletic Greens for some time for really a quite simple reason. I wish to invest in my health. And whilst I do eat in a healthy manner, I'll still invest in a essentially a, a sort of a full nutritional health insurance coverage plan, as it were. My goodness, that's a mouthful, Matthew. So head on over to athleticgreens.com forward slash Matt Walker, and you will get money off your first order. You'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. So if you use that link, athleticgreens.com forward slash Matt Walker, you'll unlock all of those benefits. So thanks for exploring and supporting the podcast by way of exploring those sponsors. It's just ever so helpful. I really do appreciate it. And now let's get back to the episode. Now, I want to hit pause on the conversation for a second and take a strong scientific step back. I have not answered a fundamental question, which is the following. How does the brain actually become lucid during dreaming in the first place? I mentioned in the first episode on dreams that there is one region of your brain that is shut down when you go into REM sleep. It's called the prefrontal cortex, particularly the left and the right side of your prefrontal cortex. And it's that part of the brain that normally when we're awake controls rational volitional thoughts. But it's that part which is taken offline when we go into dreaming. Using electrical brain recordings, what we've now discovered is that the moment at which a dreamer becomes lucid is the moment at which these parts of the prefrontal cortex do something incredible. All of a sudden, they fire back out of their hibernation and start blazing with activity, particularly very fast-frequency brainwave activity. And this seems to be one of the defining qualities of the lucid dreaming state relative to the non-lucid dreaming state. In other words, the rational control regions of your frontal brain are re-engaged during the act of lucidity. And it's that re-engagement of the prefrontal cortex that we think is the cause of the very ability for you to gain volitional control over what it is that you dream and when it is that you start to perform those actions during your dreaming. So that's one of the fundamental questions that I wanted to address here, which is how the brain becomes lucid in terms of its brain biology. But there's a second question that I want to address, something that also remains unclear so far in our discussion, 
which is the following. Is lucid dreaming beneficial or detrimental? Is lucid dreaming useful or is it not useful? Especially considering the fact that we found that lucid dreaming can actually disrupt the natural architecture of your sleep, which would lead to the prediction that lucid dreamers actually have less restorative sleep, less refreshing sleep. And in fact, that was confirmed in a recent study of over a thousand people that lucid dreamers typically rated their sleep as less restorative and less refreshing. So another way I typically think about this question, though, of is it beneficial or detrimental? Is it useful or not useful? Is to pose the following hypothesis. We know that somewhere between 80 to 90% of the general populace are not natural lucid dreamers, at least not on a regular basis. Therefore, if gaining lucid dream control was so useful, so beneficial, and so adaptive, surely Mother Nature would have had many more of us lucid dreaming much more frequently, and that just doesn't seem to be the case. But I can turn my own theory, my own logic, my own argument against myself, because my above argument makes one clear erroneous assumption which is that we've stopped evolving. What I mean by this is that it's possible that lucid dreamers represent the emergence of the next iteration of Homo sapiens evolution. And if true, will lucid dreamers be preferentially selected for by evolution in the future, in part on the basis of their unusual ability to control their dreams? one that may allow them to deliberately harness their own preferentially chosen creative problem-solving ability. Which is to say, are lucid dreamers at the next forefront of hominid evolution? Because they have gained this capacity to control their dreams. Or there is an alternative to that too. I can keep playing these different sides. Surely Mother Nature knows what she's doing after millions of years of evolution. And she knows exactly what it is that we should be working on during our dreams and when we should be working on those things. And therefore, is it ill-advised with hubris that we should take control over Mother Nature's predefined program for us as natural dreamers and instead flip it over into the mode of lucid dreaming? What a befuddling and unresolved question. And with that, I will simply say, take care. I really hope you've enjoyed what is going to be the first series on dreaming. We will, I promise, I'm sure, have many, many more series on dreaming. If you are interested, actually, please let me know on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm there at Sleep Diplomat and on Instagram at Dr. Matt Walker. Come and visit me at either one of those channels. Let me know if you did enjoy this series on dreaming. And if you did, let me know what more you want to hear. And I will delve into that in the next series. But for now, I shall leave you to your day or your evening or your night of sleep. I will thank you once again. And also, by the way, thank the sponsors. I will thank them too for making this show possible. And take care. Goodbye for now. Thanks very much.